This episode of a Top 3 Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Rat Hour with Rat Boy. It's your one-stop shop for discussions about this season's seasonal candle lineup, interviews with Dwayne Johnson's biceps, and detailed analysis of cryptocurrency trends. And just for you listeners, I'll give you a sneak peek of what's going on on this week's episode of the Rat Hour. Check this out. Today we salute you, Mr. Really Bad Toupee Wearer. Mr. Really Bad Toupee Wearer. Huh, well, I'm not so sure what that's all about. I guess we'll have to tune in to the full episode of The Rat Hour with Rat Boy. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three... What's up, everybody? We are a Top 3 Podcast, where we honor the time-old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. Today's topic is our top three movies that left us shook. Before we start, if you would like to support the show, please tell your friends. Um, remember what you do when they say, uh, I have enough podcasts, I don't really, I'm not looking for another one. No, you smack them in the face, tell them about a top three podcast. Don't take no for an answer. I know I've been combative about this, but now I'm completely on board with Dave. Like, I want yeah. you to get violent and angry and I do not want them to like you afterwards. Yeah. Bloodbath's been slapping random people on the street more than I normal. I saw that in the newspaper. That's so crazy. <laughs> hey, now. Um, also, you can uh, subscribe if you can. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a uh, rating and leave a review. Follow us on social media at a top three podcast where you can participate uh, in our listener calls you can respond to our episodes um and uh tell us what you think about our top threes and check the episode description for links to those social media pages joining me today dave jackson is aaron engel what's up alan nichols hi everybody fan favorite bloodbath mcgrath this is indeed a truly disturbing episode. <laughs> uh, and special guest today, our good friend, top three enthusiast, and star of the Rat Hour with Rat Boy podcast, Rat Boy. What's going on, you jabronis? Good to be back. What up, Rat Boy? <laughs> hey, Rat, I noticed you've been using that word jabroni a lot. I like it. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the show here's how it works we are going to we've all picked our top three movies that left us shook we're all going to take turns first saying our third then second then number ones at the end lightning round honorable mentions and then we'll uh, get into our listener responses of which we had lots this time so before we start, this episode, this is movies that left us shook, left us like at the end for whatever reason. 
going like, oh, what the fuck did I just see? Hold on. I don't feel like I'm the same person now. This movie has fucked me up in some way. So, in order to properly discuss that, we're going to issue a full spoiler warning for all movies that we're discussing in this episode. In uh, in my opinion, if I have not watched a movie and I'm going to be mad about spoilers, like, I probably, I should have already watched that movie. Otherwise, I don't care enough to get actually mad about spoilers. Like, people who are like, don't tell me about what happens in Avengers uh, Infinity War. I'm like, what? That's not one of my movies, but you should have seen that shit if you really cared about spoilers. But if you really care about spoilers, check the episode description for timestamps and you can skip the discussion for that particular movie. Um, So full spoiler warning again. And in this episode, we've decided that we're going to have a Michael Bumpus pick for movies that left us shook. Michael Bumpus alert, everybody. Michael Bumpus. (laughs) So, our Michael Bumpus is the 1996 horror movie Dunstan Checks In that fucked us all up beyond belief. Man, it's it's so fucked up. Like, even when you say that, like, my body starts shaking. Like, you know when you yeah, go dude. down a hill and you get that feeling, like, in the pit of your stomach that, like, kind of tickles? When you stay, when you said Dunstan Checks in, I was like, oh, I felt that immediately. Yeah, I break into cold sweats every time Dunstan Checks in, like, it's brought <laughs> ah, up. Stop saying it! Anytime someone's like, hey, remember that, that movie that Jason Alexander was in? And I'm like, oh, oh no, you're not talking about that one, are you? Uh... So, you try to shush them. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> so um That's right. More bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so a few things about that movie that uh led to it being a Michael Bumpus pick. Um, first of all, they've trained a monkey, they brainwashed a monkey, a sentient, intelligent animal to do crime for human benefit. And every time I think about that, it just well, I just have to go sit alone in my room and turn off all the lights and stare at the ceiling until the feeling goes away. It's like we said in the Pokemon episode, man. You teach a Pokemon to kill, man. You gotta kill the Pokemon. You know what I mean? You teach a monkey to rob people and do crimes, man. You gotta kill that monkey before it gets out of control. That's exactly what that movie did, dude. What happens when that monkey's too old to do crime by himself anymore? He's going to teach other monkeys. He teaches another monkey. See, bro, this is the shit that people don't talk about when we talk about Dunstan Checks In. Like, right, you ever be hearing somebody having a conversation about Dunstan Checks In, and they're just, they're not talking about, like, what happens, you know, in the sequel. What happens three, four movies down the road? Yeah. It's fucked up. All right, Aaron. All right, first of all, I just want to say this. Uh, It's an orangutan, you ignorant bastards pongo pigmalis and and they hold on hold on and they address they address this in the movie he had there was another orangutan and he outlived his usefulness and he was killed they like that's a plot point in the movie like that yeah dude the villain like go back and watch it the villain that the villain like alludes to the fact that like he killed his he killed dunstan's brother because like he wouldn't listen anymore the villain's name Lord Rutledge. Nice. Nice. That name. Hey, love it. I just want to say, like, it's pronounced orangutan. All right, cool. (laughs) Actually, actually, it's a pongo. Pongo pygmaeus is uh, 
what Pee Wee Herman because he's thank in that you, movie. That's right. This is why we keep inviting you back, man. <laughs> that's right. Take that, uh, Carl. Another something else that's terrible about Dunstan checks in. Uh, there's a scene where a woman is pushed into a party cake, and uh, just think about for a second: what if she's lactose intolerant? It's just the gross, like neglect, negligence of the movie to like disregard lactose intolerance is is horrifying. Actually, I had an uncle who was lactose that. intolerant, and uh, yeah, he looked at a carton of milk, and I've never seen him again. <laughs> I think never mind. Uh, what I will say about Dustin pushing that lady into the cake is when you teach a monkey to do crimes. They're going to do crimes. That's what happens. Speaking of doing crimes, how about assault? Dunstan drops a coconut on someone's head in the movie. Huh? You ever heard of a little thing called CTE? That's no laughing matter. <laughs> I have, David. <laughs> My God, Dave. Dave's got that weird Norm McDonald delivery. That's just fucking... I gotta, I gotta beat myself, bro. I'm gonna lose. All right. So before we get too mad talking about Dunstan checks in, let's get into our lists. So, I will get us started with my number three, which is Parasite. Parasite's my number three. Uh, how many of you guys saw Parasite? I've seen it. It's a really good movie. Okay. So, in Parasite, uh, they it's about a, a poor family that just, like, one by one, like, weasels their way into, like, working for this rich family. Um, and you spend the whole movie with this, like, it's one of those movies with just increasing tension the entire time. Tension building, building, building as they get deeper in this situation. Um, at the end, uh, the, the dad just snaps and he just fucking kills the rich dad um, after uh, the rich dad, like, would not help his daughter. And so the dad has to go into hiding inside like uh, a hidden basement, like cellar bunker thing in this house. And the, the son in the poor family, there's like this, this scene. So like the tension is like, Oh fuck. Like they really fucked up now. Like someone's dead now. And like, they show this scene where the son like goes to school. He gets a good job. He like gives a bunch of money. He buys the house that his dad is hiding in and they have like a nice reunion. And then that nice ending is just fucking ripped away because that's not what happens at all. And then the movie's just over after that. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, like they tricked me. They let me think that things were going to end up well. And then nope, because like the, the family, the, the poor family, they're all super like likable characters, even though they're not like good people, really. They're really likable as characters. And you just know, like, nothing is ever going to be like happy for them ever again. It's just, yeah, totally fucked up. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting about that movie um, was it, it's almost like two movies because you're, when you're watching it, you just think, like, Oh, this, this family who is down on their luck and their, their, their main income is folding pizza boxes and they're just taking advantage of this rich, you know, family. And then there's this major twist in the middle of the movie when you find out that they kick this um, housekeeper out who was holding on, like had her husband 
been like just living in the cellar and then yeah. they eventually like kick him out or they i think well no they accidentally kill her don't they like they they push her down the stairs yeah i can't remember do they kill do they kill the husband or does he like does he I, get away? i think that i think the dad like like beats him to death like there were a couple like really uncomfortable scenes in that movie and Dave's yeah. right where it's like you just keep like like something bad's going to happen the whole the whole time and you're like yo what <laughs> what is happening um yeah a fr- friend of the show Sarah Bush um has an episode on what would mom do about parasite it's a really good listen um, yeah, it is. her and Stacy break it down um that's a really good pick Dave um parasite's a really really good movie I knew you were going to pick that movie. You've talked about it a lot. And I yeah. feel like I know what your picks are going to be. And I, I'm i curious to see if there's going to be like an, a recurring theme with the movies that you find shocking, Dave. If it's a lot about uh, the uh, protagonist like losing or people dying at the end of the movies. We'll see. Um, I, just, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. There's, I think the there's, definitely, there's definitely a trend with the things I picked. and uh, But yeah. yeah, Parasite's Parasite's one of those movies with just like increasing tension the entire time. Like I, I fucking destroyed my fingernails watching that movie. It was like watching game seven of like the NBA finals or something. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So we can move on from parasite and we can get Aaron's number three. All right. My number three is the 2002 Japanese film battle Royale. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So anybody who doesn't know what Battle Royale is, Battle Royale is essentially the precursor to what was to become the Hunger Games, right? Uh, The concept of Battle Royale is that they take, I think it's like 50 or something, like ninth graders, right? Uh, And they put them on an island and they basically tell these kids, hey, listen, like you have to kill each other to survive uh, (laughs) and you have a certain amount of time to do it. And if you, if there's still more than one person left alive at the end of this time limit, uh, we will kill you. They put like these things around their neck that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At exactly this time, if there's more than one of you left, like everybody dies. So, uh, I, you know, I don't really watch like a lot of like foreign films, but when I was in college, we used to watch a ton of like, uh, old, like Japanese shit. Like, uh, one of my buddies is really, really, really into Japanese film and stuff. And so I watched a lot of like really unsettling things, but Going into that movie blind, having no idea what I was about to watch, and it really fucked me up. I mean, you never really see, like, kids dying in things. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, like they, they, they don't, don't do that. All right, Bloodbath, <laughs> your porn top three is another top three. But, uh, but like, seriously, like, like they, they don't show it in video games. They don't really show it very much in movies. I mean, maybe, you know, over the course of time, yeah, like, yeah, okay, there's kids dying. But, like, it's not... Like, Battle Royale is so horrifically, like, graphic, too, in the way that these kids, like, kill each other. And they use a lot of practical effects in that movie. And that was, like, right at the time when, like, you started going from practical effects into, like, you know, CGI and shit like that. So it was, like, when practical effects were, like, at their absolute best. And, like, you just just to see, like, some, like, fucking, like, 13-year-old girl get, like, shot in the head and, like, her blood <laughs> and, like, there's just blood and brains and shit everywhere, man. The entire time I was watching that movie, it's kind of what you said about Parasite, man. It's just, like, 
you just like everything around that like, you just you have this like sinking fucking feeling the entire time you're watching it like you can't take your eyes off it but just the 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 feeling like that that to me is what i would consider shook to a degree because it there was not another movie that i was watching that made me feel the way that movie made me feel when i was watching it so number three battle royale yeah there's definitely a lot of movies where it's not like one plot twist or something that fucks you up it's just like no this Correct. whole movie the concept of it and everything that happens in it is just 100 percent fucked up the entire time so there's really, yeah there's a really like kind of darkish humor to, um scene in the movie when the kids are all getting their like they get they have that thing around their neck but then they're given like a bag and that's like inside their bag is like their weapon and like one kid's got like a machete. This other kid's got like this like sawed-off shotgun. And then this one, yeah, one kid pulls out this like frying pan. <laughs> that's like that's yeah, like what <laughs> And like that's it's such a serious movie. Like you you see that and you're mm-hmm. like, God damn, that kid's gonna die. Holy shit. Let's hope he's been like training day and night on the pan or he's not yeah. gonna survive. I mean, it was just like just despair because you're just like these are just kids man Uh, yeah i think they're like 13 years old and they're just like no no we got to kill people and like what i will say is like i i you know i'm i'm okay with the hunger games and what it did but if you've never seen battle royale imagine the hunger games with like 80 percent less plot and 80 percent more graphic violence and that's what battle royale is Mm -hmm. and watch watch the japanese like don't watch the english like dubbed over Watch like the Japanese absolutely you, you 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 gotta hear these kids scream. It is echoing, man. But yeah, because like um, the English dubbed version, it's like two actors, like um, it's a girl and a boy, and so like it's really hard to you know, like who's talking. You, you you do yourself a disservice if you don't watch the original one. Oh my! I found a frying pan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> I feel like foreign films and watching them in their original uh, language and intent is going to be a big theme for some of us. That's true. I want to just say, like, we've had two foreign films in a row now, um, and I don't understand people who are like, I can't, I won't watch it because it has subtitles. I don't want to read. Yeah, that would be that would be very on brand for me to talk shit about it. But like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I've I've seen some I've seen some good foreign films. That's all. You know, that's what I'll say. I I mean, I I have subtitles on when I watch things in English, so I don't. Oh, not me. That would drive me insane. I'd be so pissed. I fucked up my ears. My ears are fucked. So I need subtitles. Sounds like a personal issue, Dave. Yeah, I. I personally got into the habit of watching subtitles uh, pretty early on because I really liked Jackie Chan movies. And Jackie Chan movies, <laughs> in my opinion... No, I'm, I'm totally serious. Uh, if you Any Jackie Chan movie you watch uh, that's dubbed, like especially as the ones he did in the 80s, everything he did before Rush Hour, um, it's it's unbearable to watch with uh, in the dubbed version. Like, it's so terrible. Like, all the acting's awful. Like, the dialogue sounds very strange like you just do yourself a favor just you know watch it with subtitles it's not that difficult you will be amazed how quickly you get used to just reading what's going on it's not a distraction by any means 100 percent. yeah 
Um, all right, let's move on to Alan's number three. Um, my number three is not a foreign film. It is the 1980 classic The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, yeah. Starring Jack starring Jack Nicholson. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's cliche. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a horror trope, but I feel like, you know, and it's not because of any, any particular aspect or scene in the movie that I find scary, just watching kind of the, the devolution of, of Jack throughout the movie, um, you know, and, and watching him slowly lose his mind, uh, is just uh it it left me shook the first time I saw it. Um, you know, to the point, you know, so beyond just the watching him kind of devolve from, you know, loving father into into um like uh axe murderer family yeah, family annihilator essentially. Well, axe murderer, whatever, but like, you know, murdering your fam murdering his entire family was his was his big goal by the end. Um, you know, beyond that, the Overlook Hotel itself is just a, a, a terrifying place. So it is, um, you know, start start to finish. Um, I think that, it, you know, it it's a little bit old and there's not, um, you know, there's not a lot of gore, not a lot of gore in it. So, you know, some people don't don't even really view it as as a, you know, I guess most people view it as a scary movie, but um I feel like it gets discredited a lot because Stephen King went out of his way to kind of trash it a little bit um, for some of the inconsistency inconsistencies with uh, with the original novel. But but I I really liked it. I, I like the novel as well. Um, I think that they're they're pretty complementary, um, even even accounting for their differences. Um, do you prefer one or the other? I do prefer the novel. Um, okay, but you know, okay, you know how we know, you know how we know it's a horror movie is because I haven't seen it, even though I really would like to see it. I'm just not going to watch it. So there we go. That's the horror movie classification system. It's binary. (laughs) Will Dave Dave watch it? Yes or no? Yes. (laughs) No. (laughs) Alan, I, uh, I completely agree with you. Shining is, was on like my short list of movies for this. I actually really didn't like the book, but uh, I I really, Hmm. really like the movie. Um, But you're, you're right. Like when I was thinking of like, you know, things that absolutely shook me, man, there are some things that happen in that fucking movie that like, as an adult, man, they bring Like they bring out that feeling of just like absolute, like, unhelpable terror like that like with like they leave you cold like you know like that scene where Shelley Duvall sees that guy getting a blowjob from a person in a teddy bear costume like I like I saw that when I was like 23 for the first time bro and I was like I pride myself on not getting scared by shit and I was like that is absolutely mortifying like I'm not a big fan of Stanley Kubrick and the movie he makes but like The Shining is an awesome movie and I and I really hate when people shit on it especially when Stephen King shits on it like I'm like bro like I read that book like you know this is a this is about as good of an interpretation as you should expect from any of your fucking things so uh but I I totally agree with you man like I, I was absolutely shook watching that fucking movie dude it was really really scary and really really good dave side note uh everything aaron said is correct that does happen in the movie you just had a you made a face and i know you've never seen it like we were making that up about the blowjob that's like a total thing it's weird it doesn't make sense it's not supposed to make sense um Mm -hmm. i love the shining jamie and i watch that like four times a year at least like we're always 
God, that is that so weird. That is the weirdest thing you've ever said, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like that movie. Shit. That is the weirdest shit. Bloodbath's like different, a man. Night and watch The Shining. <sighs> Bloodbath's built different. I'm not trying to go to a tangent, but like, um, they made an entire movie about all the hidden uh, symbols and stuff inside The Shining, the, the Stanley Cooper yeah, movie. Like, room something another dude it was awesome yeah that was a really good movie so i'm just too. saying that's that's part of it sometimes we just look at it to like because it's so like like he puts so many things in there just to fuck with people and like it's really crazy like there's tons of scenes where um you know two two characters will be talking and there's a piece of furniture there's a piece of there's a like a chair in the background and then it cuts to one of them and it cuts back and that chair is gone cuts to another person cuts back and the chair is there again that's not like a mistake like they intentionally do that all throughout the movie because the idea is that you're in a haunted house so um there's just all kinds of like thing i don't know it's a good movie alan did you uh have you read or seen dr sleep i did i read the book dr well oh no i didn't actually I'm sorry, I got that confused with a with a, a different Stephen King novel, but I mean, I that's it's about Danny later in life, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's real it's pretty good. Isn't is it? I think it's a little bit different, sort of fantasy sort of thing. I I don't want to spoil it, but I guess we said spoilers are are fair game. So isn't it? Isn't it like the kind of Stephen King sort of vampire situation that he's dealing yeah. with. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a classic. I, I would say it's almost a little bit more like Stephen King's like X-Men. Um, but it's really good. If you like the book, I think you'll like this a lot because it delves a lot more into like alcohol- alcoholism and addiction and uh, family trauma. So, But it's good. Just check it out. Lord knows I like family trauma, Bloodbath. Hey! <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on and get bloodbaths number three. All right. I just want to start this out. Like Dave, can you remember in our group chat, what you said the other day when we were talking about this, you said that all my picks were going to be super obscure, weird. Yeah. You, super like, obscure made it... movies that were only screened once in a small town in Lithuania. I also <laughs> you... said that. Hey, give me some credit. I also said you do that. No, but Dave had like a good what what did you, what movie did you make up that was such a good like joke? Oh, my God. No, oh I didn't. He, he, I didn't it make it up. It's from Arrested Development, Les Le Cousins Dangereux or whatever. Oh, I that's. Right. I didn't make that up. That's from Arrested <laughs> Development. That's right. I remember that. Okay, so just you know to start things off, uh, I definitely went in the opposite direction of that. Uh, my number three pick is. Uh, perhaps the greatest dad dad movie of all time uh but to be honest since it's about world war ii maybe it's the greatest granddad movie of all time uh saving private ryan yeah movie's fucked Um, up man hell yeah bro that's on my (laughs) list too man like that was on my short list as well that movie shook me bro so i picked it for a lot of reasons specifically i picked it for the uh 20 minute opening scene uh, where they storm the beach of Normandy on D-Day. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, uh, so spoilers, uh, it's about uh, a group of soldiers in World War II uh, who go behind enemy lines in uh, France to find um, Private uh, James Ryan, who's 
three brothers uh, were also were killed. Um, and to try and make things easier on uh, their mother, they're sending a group of soldiers led by Tom Hanks uh, across enemy lines to find Private Ryan, bring him back so he can go home uh, to comfort his mother. And um, it's a really good movie. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, um, you know the opening scene is when they stor- uh, storm the beach at Normandy. Um, it's a- extremely brutally violent. Um, it's one of the most like I guess they considered it like the most realistic depiction of uh, combat in World War Two. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching it. Uh, like I remember it's like one of those movies like where your dad makes you watch it. You know, they're like, no, you have to watch this. You have to see this. You have to see what this was like. You have to, like, you need to be understand what happened. Yeah. 100%, dude. My dad sat me down. I think I was, like, 12 years old. And he's like, watch, <laughs> you know, it came out in 1999. He was like, watch this movie. Uh, he just wanted me to watch that opening scene. And, uh, I mean, it's absolutely brutal. I mean, it's terrifying. Like, for a 12-year-old kid, like, it'll terrify you about the idea of war. Um, the only bright side I would say to it is that um, they probably don't do that anymore. Like, just send wave after wave of human beings to, like, into this, like, machine gun fire till eventually, like, enough of them get beyond the hill so they can, like, go up behind the gunners and kill them. Yeah. Um, now, I guess they would just use a drone, so um, there's some relief in that, but, uh, yeah. And it's all, it's made all the more powerful by the fact that that entire, like, 20 minute opening where it's just blood and guts and just absolute like horror. Um, there's no music. There is no, uh, um, there's no score or anything underneath the, the violence. It's just the noise of what's going on around them. Um, and I specifically remember like the, I mean, I remember having dreams about that, just thinking about it nonstop after I saw it. And like the scene, I think that like really like drives it home for me is, you know, they storm the beach. There's all this blood and guts. Um, it's really brutal and violent, and you see the psychological toll it takes on everybody. And then the next scene, um, Tom Hanks is meeting with uh, you know his sergeant or whatever, um, kind of like a debriefing, uh, and he's sort of in like a bunker, and they've got a plate of sandwiches, like corned beef sandwiches, and um, they're like pouring coffee, and like you know Tom Hanks is staring at this food and stuff like that, and like. They somehow made it look super gross. Like the sandwiches look disgusting, the coffee looks disgusting. Um, I don't know something about like everything that you just witnessed, like how sort of like gross and every, gross. You know, even these creature comforts that they're trying to bring into like bring these soldiers and stuff like that. It's like it's still like tainted. Um, that was really impactful, I think for sure. So yeah. Um, but if anybody hasn't seen the movie, like totally watch it. It's it's definitely good. Um, they eventually find Private Ryan, and then he won't come home until they finish their mission and protect this bridge. And it's all about the band of brothers and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely good, good, yep. good pick. Yeah, and to, to add on to what you're saying, Bloodbath, um, that was at the time that was the best option for them to invade um, uh, France. Like that was the that was like. like out of all the ideas that they thought of, like, well, this is the best one, and like how terrifying because they're probably what nineteen years old. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, watching it as when you're older, it's like, whoa, this is intense. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean. Because we all probably watched it when we were in 
sixth grade. We're like, oh, yeah, this is sweet because it's war. But, um, ugh. yeah, it's a, a lot harder when you get older. Actually, um, my grandpa fought in World War II and he was a part of like a beach uh, assault, not at Normandy, but at a different place in France. And he he told me basically like it was exactly like in the movie, like he's in this boat, can't see shit going towards the shore. He just hears other boats getting like taken out around him. It was one of the very few things that he ever talked about, like from his time fighting in the war. But it was like exactly like in that scene. So that that's like a that's an ongoing theme, especially like Tom Hanks character in that movie. It's like, uh, how do you like he's just like, how do you go home and tell anybody about like what you did? Like, it's impossible. Yeah. So, like, I definitely get that. I heard when they, like, showed that movie to, like, veterans, when they were doing test screenings, like, all the veterans would just, like, get up and leave the room because it was too uh, realistic, realistic or brought back too many. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, people people were saying they could smell, like, like they were, they were watching it and they could smell, like the gun, like, the gun smoke and, like, what the beach smelled like. Like, it, it was, like, that realistic. Which is terrifying. Yeah, that um, it's it's one of I think that's one of like the all time great movie scenes right there. Just that long ass like beach assault. Yeah, twenty minutes. First twenty minutes of the movie, you don't even know what the plot is. You're just like watching this battle. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on from Saving Private Ryan and get Rats number three. All right. So my number three is from 1984 and it's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. (laughs) And here's why. (laughs) Okay. There there is actually three scenes um, reasons why. Um, Now keep in mind, the first time I saw this, I was probably like seven years old. Um, The snake dinner eating scene where they pull that giant boa constrictor and then they cut it open and just these like little baby snakes come out and they're just like all these people are eating them um there's another scene where uh the the valet she's got to put her hand in that like um lever and there's like tarantulas all on her Ah, uh, i remember that was oh that was so awful and then um, probably as a seven-year-old, seeing someone get their heart ripped out and then <laughs> another guy holding it on and then it catching on fire, um, that kind of <laughs> left, left a uh, lasting impression on a rat boy's brain. But um, I, I recently... The old rat re- noggin. Yeah, I recently <laughs> rewatched. I wa- I rewatched that scene it's still really good, and the the it, I, it's all special effects, but they're they're really good still. Like Steven Spielberg is awesome, um, and there's just like little details in that movie. It's not the best Indiana Jones movie, but it's still really good. Um, it's also worth noting that Harrison Ford was was looking hella jacked in that movie. He had a pretty good uh, vein in his bicep. Um, throughout the movie, <laughs> so um, that's why I was shook after watching it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I 
Indiana Jones is an awesome character, um, but that movie, my number three. Uh, good pick. Um, I you started saying that, and I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, I have some really uh, demented shit I'm gonna throw out here tonight. Um, and I was like, oh man, if this is what's shaking rat, then I kind of feel bad. But you know, you said that, and I thought to myself, I'm like, I was probably seven or eight when I first saw that movie, and like the dinner scene definitely like freaked me out. Uh, all the stuff they're eating, the monkey brains at the end, um, the scene with all the bugs gave me nightmares for a good few weeks after that. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so there's something mm-hmm. to what you're saying for sure. Like it's it's a decent pick. Can I just ask everyone real quick? Like, has anybody heard? this like thing i guess like temple of doom is like the they can i guess it's considered like the the worst indiana of the or, original indiana jones trilogy like it's one that people hate the most but like there's a lot it, of people it, i guess that's that, because it's the worst find it of offensive. the original indiana jones trilogy i love dude i love that one but there's a whole there's like a lot of people that feel like they think it's they think specifically that dinner scene is super offensive to um i mean so the bad guy yeah, it's the only one in which the bad guys aren't Nazis. I mean, like that's that I think is the big because they're the people that are the bad guys are you know just are people just like, in India. They're just right? like tribal yeah. people. Yeah, you know, and so it's it's very easy to hate Nazis and not offend anybody. Yeah, mm. right. But they were abducting yeah, kids fair. and forcing them into slave labor. So they oh, they were they were good people. They were bad. No, they were totally bad people. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Mm. Um, fair but enough. yeah, there's probably some, there's there's some things if you go watch it, it's like uh, they wouldn't get away with that uh, in 2021. Oh, but, for sure. Uh, I, I, um, bloodbath. I I don't hate it. Like I don't. I, if it was on right now, I'd watch the whole thing and be like really happy it was on. Yeah, anytime I ever come across that movie, I watch it till it's over. I never watched any Indiana Jones movie until a couple years ago, and I think that they're pretty well past their prime for seeing it for the first time. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if you can appreciate the concussion sound that Indiana Jones' fists make when he punches somebody in the face. Dig a dish. All right, let's uh, let's move into number twos, and I'll give you my number two, which is Inception. My number two is Inception, um, and it's. It's partly because of like what happens in the movie, you know, the movie's like a mind fuck um, and you come out of it going like, what the fuck just happened? But like, it's kind of less about that and what I like vividly remember about after I watched the movie Inception. So I was uh, super stoned, which contributes. And I was driving uh, our, our friend Amy Harry home from the movie and from the movie theater to Amy's place was like a straight drive you drive down one road for like 10 minutes and then you're there and i got lost because i was thinking about what happened during the movie i just like blew straight through where i was supposed to turn when i came to you know six or seven hours later i was in tennessee we were like what the fuck no but like that movie was such a 
such a mind fuck at the time. <laughs> I was like, really? No, no, no. Oh, dude, I thought he was serious too. I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. So did is that is that Nor McDonald Drysdale man? You just you, no, you, know, I, you gotta you gotta find it. I for sure I did get lost, and we were in like we were like way past where I was supposed to go. And I don't know if Amy was just like being too polite to be like, dude, you missed my turn like 25 minutes ago. But um, just thinking about what happened in the movie, you know, the spinning top at the end, um, you know, I got lost driving home uh, where you just have to drive straight. No turns involved. So, yeah, Inception's my number two. Haven't watched it since. Probably will never watch it again, but it definitely fucked with my head for that that night. Aaron, do you remember when we we saw that movie together? And we saw, um, and when it was over, we both looked at each other and were like, dude, that, what did we just watch? That was amazing. It's really crazy you say that because, like, I remember seeing it and I remember being like, oh, that was cool. And then I don't remember any, like, I don't remember anything about that fucking movie. I remember it had, like, some really cool, like, uh, like camera work and shit. Like, they did, like, that scene where they had, like, the revolving hallway or whatever the fuck. And right. they were able to do it with, like, a... I don't remember if it was like a single shot or whatever the fuck they did, but they had like, I, I remember having like a lot of really cool camera tricks. And I've always said like Leonardo DiCaprio is like my, one of my favorite actors ever. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's pretty fucking good too. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, but uh, you know, aside from what was it, Ellen pages in that movie, I think either way, I, I, I really, yes. Elliot pages in that movie. And so like, I, I haven't like seen it literally like since we saw it in theaters and I remember absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, no, I it's, it's, I don't remember it's, it's, a goddamn a thing about like what happens in the movie other than like the spinning top and the significance of it. <laughs> I've seen the movie once. I liked it when I watched it. I've never wanted to go back and watch it again. And I remember the South Park episode that came out when that was in theaters. Um, where they kind of rip on it. I feel like I I agree with everything they said about that movie. So, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about it. What did they say about it? Just that it, just that it's like overhyped, and they're like, just because it's got like a neat idea that's like, they basically just that it's just super convoluted, and like people are mistaking it for being like cool and deep and interesting. It's like no, it's just a complicated story or mechanic that they're trying to use. It's not. I don't know. I feel like for Christopher Nolan movies that keeps popping up like more and more recent, like. His like latest movie, I think everybody is just kind of over it right from the get go because it's just like it doesn't really make any sense and it's just there to be like cool, like oh this is a really complicated plot with like a lot of really neat ideas in it, like that means it's good and everybody's like no, it's just bad storytelling. But I don't know. I don't know. I I kind of disagree about Inception. It was a cool experience to watch it. I'm not a movie critic. I don't really get into. Like, is a movie, like, critically good or, uh, you know, are they using tropes or any, you know, stuff like that? But it was a fun movie to watch. That's all I need. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. I don't hate it. I just never felt a desire to watch it again. Same. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, think Dave I saw too. it on TV <laughs> one time. But that was it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from Inception and get Aaron's number two. All righty. My number two is going to be the Shawshank Redemption. 
another Stephen King movie on this list. Um, and I, I, I think it's just like one of those movies that no matter like how old you are, there's always like there's always something that's going to make you feel like queasy. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's it's it, I guess the best way to describe it. Some of those movies that when you're watching it, it makes you squirm. Right. So like, you know, Bloodbath alluded to like him and his wife, like watching The Shining like four times a year or whatever. Like I, I can't watch Shawshank Redemption for more than like. Like maybe like once every like three years because it's that it's just that uncomfortable. So um, that that that's a that's one of the big reasons about it. Um, the other thing that I would say is like, and I think the reason that like sticks with any of us when we think of that movie is it's like the gratuitous the gratuitous amount of like prison violence, both like physically and sexually, and like the effect that it has on the main character. Like the fact that you're like watching the whole movie through Andy Dufresne's eyes and he basically goes through all the worst things that you've heard about prison, like back to back to back to back to back. And uh, I think it's just one of those things that anybody who watches that movie, like just seeing, it's like what we said with Saving Private Ryan, man. Like it just seems so like realistic like the type of violence that they're showing that it again like you know thinking about it even you know i haven't seen it in three years just thinking about some of the stuff that happens you're just like fuck like there's that guy uh that boggs guy right and he fucks with andy a whole bunch and andy's in with the police and the or that he's in with like the security guards and they have that scene where like he fucks with andy so the security guards like go in his like cell and like beat him to it like into like a vegetative state like you know and like morgan freeman says something like two things never happened for after that day the sisters never mess with andy and boggs never walked again and i'm just like holy fuck that is <laughs> intimately realistic you know but and said in said in morgan freeman's voice it just lends like so much extra gravity to like what actually just happened you know and and like i'm not the biggest like morgan freeman fan. like i just don't think he makes like a bunch of like good movies but like just him in that role specifically man like he he crushed again this is about morgan freeman again the big thing here is just like again it's back to that like it's back to like saving private ryan man it's it's the realism uh with the like like i said with the we'll say comfortably that shawshank is my favorite movie of all time but i i can't watch it because when when i think of a weird place when i'm done watching it so uh i'm done talking and it is the most like intense realistic depiction of like all of your worst nightmares about so, going to fucking prison in a movie. And that's why So I work I um used to do prison litigation, right? And so like uh, Aaron is right, prisons are very violent. Josh Rake Redemption isn't really like a very accurate depiction of what prison violence is. Um, no. It's but not but it is I mean it's it's a you know, hey, some, some things that they <laughs> tell me about your prison experience and how realistic it was. You sound like you're the expert on prison realism here, Bloodbath. Explain to me how it's not, please. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You guys, let's not pretend for a second that if Bloodbath went to prison, that he would not be a gang leader within a half hour. Let's not pretend no, that I, that's you know not what, what no. happened. Dave, I appreciate that you're making a joke, but I'm trying to make a fucking point here. All right, Bloodbath would not last a night. He'd be the guy in the first scene who cries and they call him like names and they beat the shit out of him his very first night dude that's what it i mean it's just so fucked man just imagining being in that situation bloodbath would be wearing a teddy bear suit like that guy in the shining in 15 <laughs> minutes uh, man, hey, hey i i'd say he i i say he wouldn't like find a role turn my mouth into a donut hole 
<laughs> I'm just saying. No, dude, saying uh, think, think about that, uh, but then think about that. You know, but seriously, song, sexual assault in prisons is a problem. For sure. No, he, here's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't disagree with like the the concept that you're saying. I just don't feel like I get that out of Shawshank all that much. If you want a prison movie that's brutal and will scare you straight, uh, I suggest you watch Animal Factory with Edward Furlong and Willem Dafoe. That movie is brutal as fuck. Like, a thousand times more brutal than Shawshank. Like, like I said, like, Shawshank has, like, a very happy ending for, like, m- several of the main characters. Like, I I find that to be, like, an ins- like like you guys are saying, like, there's, like, some inspiration. Like, like hold, you know, holding, holding on to uh, hope through, like, all, like, kinds of, like, adversity and, like, uh, just the human spirit. Like, I think that's, like, a real, like, hopeful movie. But, I mean, good, I, I don't uh, agree that, like, prison's a scary place. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna buy an argument that's you saying, well, hey, there's this other scarier prison movie, so your answer doesn't make sense. Like, you know, I'm just saying, it's intense. And, like, you can acknowledge that. It's like, of course, it's my favorite movie. Of course it's inspirational. It goes through a lot of different emotions. But one of them is absolute, like, terror, and one of them is, abs- it's like an unescapable, like... Idea, like you, you know, like he's he's there. Like, could you just imagine being in prison, being locked away like that, having to deal with that shit, like in your real life, man? Like I said, there, there's a reason that movie's that good. It's because it's impactful, and it's impactful because it has things like that that happen in it, you know. So, so I, I I don't know. Like I said, it, it just it just always leaves me it always leaves me weird, man. Because it's just yeah, there, there there's just a couple scenes of that movie where you're just like motherfucker. I that would suck so much to be going through that right now. So I think that I think to credit what Aaron's talking about more so than the actual inmate on inmate violence or um, guard on inmate violence, which is, you know, terrible and and terrifying in its own right. I think that the scariest part about prisons is the um, the mental anguish and uh, the, the depression that the people that are in there suffer through and suffer through alone because a lot of these guys only, you know, wind up getting out of their cell for an hour a day. Um, and so they're just stuck in there with their thoughts and it, and it eats them, uh, which is why suicide rates are so high in prisons. Um, so I think that to, to Aaron's credit, while it may not be an accurate depiction of what prisons, prison violence looks like, I think that that's what he's talking about is um, the emotions that like, a character like Andy Dufresne, who is clearly not cut out for prison life, um, would go through and the process that he would go through um, in, in being stuck there for 20 years. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on from Shawshank then. And uh, Alan, let's get your number two. My number two... Um, is the movie that to this day um, makes me uh, my heart rate raise every time I go in open water, and that is Jaws. Um, Jaws left me shook when I saw it. Um, How old were so you? I, when you saw it? Oh, I was a child. I was probably like seven or something like that. It's one of my dad's favorite movies, um, and for better or worse, he let me watch that. And then for a while, I wouldn't even go in lakes. Um, because I was so convinced that Jaws was going to eat me. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think that it's one of those, I think that it's probably the movie that has 
terrified the most people around the world, um, bar none. Uh, I think that everybody that saw Jaws, and whether that's because you saw it when you were a child um, or what, uh, anybody that saw it, really, it it had an impact on. Um, but there's nothing, I, I feel like there's nothing more terrifying. And I know that we had a discussion in an earlier episode where Bloodbath was convinced that he would be able to fight off a shark, and so he wasn't afraid of sharks. Um, but I find that to be, yeah, no, I see your face there, Patrick. That actually happened. Um, and, uh, I, I, I just find it to that. be laughable. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I'd take the shark over Bloodbath in a fight pr pretty much every day. Um, it doesn't even have a face that he can rip off and wear. So. The shark um, has to get his mouth in front of my body. He can't grab me with arms or claws. Like, I'm just saying. Where, where are you going to go, that, buddy? Do you understand how, how fast a shark is? Right. Yes. Bloodbath, how a, fast are you in water? I've seen Bloodbath <laughs> swim. He's pretty, he's pretty mm -hmm. nimble, but a shark, I mean, a shark has like 100 million years of evolution to kill you in the water. Right. Blood, while Bloodbath is an... Bloodbath is an apex predator on land. I'll give yes, him that. Yes. But I mean, in, in the water, he's out of his element. Hold on. In this scenario, does Bloodbath get a harpoon gun? No, man. No. It's body v body. Okay. No. All right. He said, shark... he said that he would fight it off. You does know? the shark get a harpoon gun? Sure. The shark gets two harpoon guns. Okay. Then I'm, yeah. I'm going to take the shark. All right. Well, that's I think decision, that one thing Dave. that's. I think that's one thing that's really funny about this is like Jaws was one of those movies that had like an actual like impact on like society and our species as a whole. Like there are fucking shark advocacy groups that exist because sharks scare the shit out of people so much. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like <laughs> I, I understand what Alan said about like, oh, I don't even want to go in a lake, bro. Like I remember seeing Jaws as a little kid too. And like my aunt had a swimming pool and there was like a leaf in the bottom of the swimming pool. And I was like, yeah, I gotta <laughs> swim in there. That leaf might be, that leaf might be Jaws. So, uh, you can go ahead and just sit out here in the hammock and uh, y'all can go swim at Jaws. But yeah, no, I mean, like, dude, Jaws, Jaws is a shaking movie. And like, I guarantee you, like, if all of us were born in 1963 and we were doing this top three right now, that would be all of our number ones. It would be Michael Bumpus, I guarantee it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like one of those first, like, just like that kind of like, oh, fuck, like kind of movie, I, you know, at least, you know that I can think of, but like, yeah, if, if, and I guarantee you, if we have anybody in our fucking, you know, guest answers or anything in our like, uh, listener answers, uh, and they were born in 1963. Like I, I asked Jim about this and Jim without hesitation was like Jaws. Like, like, you know, right. that movie movies fucking intense, man. Mm -hmm. Give me the bone. What's the matter? Yucky toes. <laughs> 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 I'm going to be a, a parody of myself here and say I've never seen Jaws. Probably never will. Like, it's not great. But, like, you know, you're five. You know, you just, you just I very real-ass-looking shark. I was, I, I was watching Land Before Time. when You want to talk about a movie that fucked me up. It's not on my list, but The Land Before Time. <laughs> you want to talk about the first 20 minutes of a movie impacting you. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Littlefoot's mom dies. That's messed up. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. Not to uh, not to spoil Bloodbath's number one, but Land Before Time is pretty sad. <laughs> Too movie. late. Well, yeah. god damn it. All right. Uh, 
Bloodbath, what's your number two? All right. So uh, my number two is, uh, you know, when I was thinking about this list, like the perfect, um, the perfect uh, movie that leaves me feeling shook is uh, one where after you watch it, you feel like you need to take a shower. And that would be Requiem (laughs) for a that would be Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Um, All right. I've never seen Requiem for a Dream, but it's it's the movie that everyone says that about. So tell tell me why. So, okay, uh, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it. uh, Requiem for a Dream uh, came out in 2001 by Darren Aronofsky, and it stars Jared Leto, um, Sean Wayans, and Jennifer Connelly. And they play a group of friends who are heroin addicts. And uh, the movie starts out in the summertime, and it's a full requiem. It goes through the summertime into fall, and then... uh, winter um the winter being the end where everybody you know meets their fate um it's just about them and the struggles they have with addiction and leading up to you know this uh period of time where they decide to start selling drugs sorry hold on a second sorry hold on one second (laughs) he's got to get that Uh, mouse (laughs) no jamie's uh, uh putting on makeup and going out for a little bit so she was uh, putting hairspray in. Okay. Uh, it follows these characters. They decide to start selling drugs so they can make some money. Um, and in the process, they dip into their own stash, and they are using heroin an awful lot. And the main character's mom uh, becomes addicted to uh, weight loss pills, and she starts having like vivid hallucinations in her apartment. Um, they all... Uh, Jared Leto gets... Uh, a nasty infection in his arm. They run out of money. They try and go down to Florida to like find some heroin because there's none left in New York. Jennifer Connelly starts prostituting so she can go buy heroin. Uh, the movie culminates in a really grotesque uh, montage of the mother being in a mental institution having uh, electroshock treatment because she won't eat. Um, Jared Leto like get, having his arm cut cut off because he's got a infection from his an open sore from injecting heroin. Uh, Sean Wayans is in a work camp. Uh, he's in jail in like this really awful work camp where he's getting beaten up and abused. Uh, and it, and Jennifer Connelly is at a at a at a pimp's house having sex with another woman with a two with a two sided dildo in her ass while she's getting uh, paid money by a bunch of business guys. It's all extremely disgusting. It's super gross and it's just horribly horribly depressing. Um, it makes you so afraid of how you can lose control of yourself through drugs and alcohol and what sort of like horrors are, are, uh, lie wait for you, um, when you, um, no longer have any, uh, boundaries. So it's, uh, I definitely remember watching it and just being like, what the fuck am I, am I seeing? And it's shot like... Dave, I know you're not like, you know, you're kind of like, whatever, I don't care about like movies all the time. Or, you know, if you, if you haven't sought out the movie or whatever, you don't feel like seeing it. Um, dude, check it out, man. At least for like, it's shot so amazingly. Like, it looks so intense the way they shoot it and they make all these, you know, there's all these practical effects. And they, you know, especially for the mother who's like having like these psychotic episodes where she's hallucinating, like the way they make 
they film it all it's it's you are genuinely terrified and you know like there is nothing supernatural or scary happening it's just like what's happening in these people's lives it's all very realistic but it's shot just so beautifully like it's it's just a it's a really powerful film everybody should see it okay i want to make one point real quick dave you would hate it uh like i'm just gonna tell you this right now like you would not enjoy that at all uh but another thing about it is it's another movie that christopher mcdonald is in and that's another time we can mention him on the podcast so i'm yeah anytime we can (laughs) yeah he plays a self-help guru Requiem, I 100% agree, Bloodbath. Um, the movie is beautiful up until that final scene, and I have not watched it again. Um, that final, will that not final watch it bit, twice. yeah, that final bit of that movie, um, what the once was enough for me. Uh, mm-hmm. an art, art film, certainly great film. Um, but Aaron's right, Dave. You would have no interest in it. It is. Uh, just absolutely disturbing. So good choice, Bloodbath. Yeah, just disturbing it. Like I, I remember. Like I just, I sat. I remember I watched it. It was on late night. I was like fifteen or sixteen. I saw it, um, and I remember it. You know, like three o'clock in the morning. I was sitting up in the living room watching it. No, ever. I was in bed, and as soon as it was over, I just sat there with like the TV off, and I was just like, "What did I just fucking watch?" Like. Just absolute like jaw jaw on the floor. Like I cannot believe like just wow. No words. Um But like again, I got a really powerful movie. Like anybody who ever like you know, like the world's like best PSA to like not do heroin. Yeah, so what you're saying is that instead of doing six months of dare in fifth grade, they should have just showed us all that movie. <laughs> oh my god, dude, yeah. I, I guarantee I guarantee you if we saw that never in pot. sixth yeah. You, yeah, I guarantee you that, yeah, you could have gotten rid of all that if you just sat about what made him watch that movie. Actually, you'd have kids throwing up left and right. This is uh, this is kind of messed up in my head uh, up until I first saw. Uh, shit, I can't remember. What's the movie where Robin Williams is the teacher? Dead Poets Society. I confused in my head Requiem for a Dream and Dead Poets Society up until I, fir- I saw Dead Poets <laughs> Society for the first time like last year. So every Ain't time so it was like uh whenever you look on you look on reddit and they're like what movie fucked you up the most and people are like requiem for a dream and i'm like what the one where robin williams is standing on the desk like what's so yes <laughs> well the kid kills himself because red, red foreman wouldn't let him be an actor you yeah. know i mean that, that, movie's, ways. that movie's kind of fucked up too but rat have you seen requiem I, I haven't, no. Oh, you'll pass out. We haven't said this. Rat is queasy as fuck. Rat, you would pass out that watching that movie. Like, Rat that will true. dead ass pass out watching that movie. Let's move on from Requiem and get Rats number two. Okay, and to, to um, add to Aaron's point, I did pass out when I watched the girl with the dragon tattoo. So, <laughs> like, he is 100% correct. He is 100% correct. Okay, my number two is from 2019, and it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that may seem like an odd choice. However, if you knew 
if you know what scene I'm talking about, the whole time you're watching that movie, you're th- you're like, it's like, it, it's weird because it was like a spoiler already. Because if you know about the Manson murders and the Sharon Tate murders, you know what's going to happen. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh my God, like, it's just building up and building up to this scene and it's a Quentin Tarantino movie so it's going to be super super violent and it's going to be super graphic and it's going to make you really uncomfortable and the whole time I'm like oh my god like one it was like awesome because that period of and time of Hollywood is like is like like my favorite like I loved everything about that and Leonardo DiCaprio's character is <laughs> It's funny. Like I like when he cries because he he needed um, the approval from like a nine year old girl. <laughs> like just and how that meant so much to him. And Brad Pitt character was, was, you know, who he to me he was just like Brad Pitt in every movie. Um, but that whole movie, you're anticipating this scene, and then when it unfolded. And it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. It was like this sense of relief. And I just was like, wait, what? What did, What just happened? Because I don't know if, it, if everyone else has seen it and knew kind of what it, going into it, what it was going to be like. But that, like, I remember after that, this, I wanted to, like, I, I called my brother and I don't, and we don't, well, we don't talk like, like a lot there's no um, and mossy or anything but like we just don't talk a lot we talked for like two hours about that movie like it would just like it stuck with me so much of just how like how cool that ending and how powerful movies can really be and it gives you the ending that you want because again if you don't know anything about those murders um that that dread, that whole dread of of that scene that was just like building and building, and it was paced like super slow, and I was like, oh my god! I'm like the whole time I was like, oh, because it was like an hour in. I'm like, this is gonna get bad, and then when you see Charles Manson, you're like, oh, shit, this is not gonna end well, and like, you know, whatever. But that scene, like, oh my god! Like I've rewatched it like on YouTube. I don't know, like 800 times since I've seen it, just because it's so awesome. And um, the guy who plays Tex, the way he dies is like the funniest way to me. So um, please tell me you have all seen that movie. Nope. I have not. I you guys are missing has. out. It's, it's great. Okay. I love that movie. I've heard it's great. Aaron, have yeah. you not seen it um, either? No, I, I have not seen it. Oh shit, dude! Uh, like okay. you gotta watch. Like it's it's fucking great. Aaron, Aaron, you would. I know you don't really like movie. You would like this movie. It's really really good. No, I believe you. I mean, like I, I really like Brad Pitt. I really like Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, I just, you know, I just never really got around to watching movies. I think the last movie, like most recent movie that I saw that came out, was Star Wars Episode Nine. 
Well, this okay. is much and then, better. And then before that, yeah. Star Wars <laughs> episode terrible. eight. And then before that, <laughs> Star Wars episode seven. Those are the three most recent movies I've seen. Okay. Oh, and uh, Jexy. I, I saw Jexy too. Uh, Bloodbath. What did What did you think? Because uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But what did you think going into that yeah. movie? So, uh, just to kind of clarify what Rat's talking about a little bit, um, it, the movie's about um, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a, kind of a washed-up actor in, in 1969, and his stunt double and like best friend Brad Pitt, and they're just kind of like going around Hollywood, having sort of like these. It's a super funny movie, like it's a full-on mm-hmm. comedy. The first part of it, and he yeah. happens to live next door to Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski, and you know. Obviously, if you know, like, your history, like, the Manson family shows up and, you know, they, in reality, they murder Sharon Tate. But this is a wish fulfillment where murder instead of they... going to their house, they go next door to um, Leonardo DiCaprio's house while Brad Pitt's there. And um, they kick their fucking ass. Like, they, it's very brutal, very, like, silly, like, level of violence that happens to these people. And, um... It's really good. Like that it's a legit awesome movie. Everything Patrick said about it is a hundred percent spot on. I can't I can't uh say anything else about it. It has a really great soundtrack. Quentin Tarantino oh, movies always have yes. cool soundtracks. I listen to this one almost every time I'm at work I play I play this toward the end of the night. Um it's legit one of the best soundtracks he's put together. It is one of his better movies. Wait, yeah, so I... Go ahead. So the Manson, so the Manson murder, the Manson family goes over to Brad Pitt's house or Leo DiCaprio's house, and Brad Pitt kicks their ass. Yeah, he brutally so, murders yeah. them all. Like that's comically so murders great. them all. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna so, watch it tonight, Alan. While you, while Alan, he's high on should. while he's on LSD. Acid. Yeah, and what what's awesome is like there's. If you rewatch it, there's these little clues, like or just like little things. You're just like, okay, and then it all kind of crescendos all at once. Like how well the dog was trained. I don't want to give that part away, but um, Alan, there's a there's a part where um, Brad Pitt is taking this <laughs> is taking this woman's face. And just shoving it into a telephone on the wall, and it keeps <laughs> ringing. Like it's all the while, awesome. her face is just becoming mutilated. Yeah, it's like turns into just like ground beef. Like it's it's so good. And then it, I'm, I, I gotta spoil it, but it ends with Leonardo DiCaprio using a flamethrower on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that's too that's too perfect. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's a little long. It's like three hours, but like it's worth yeah, it. It's yeah, entertaining yeah. the whole time. Oh, and it's yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some like legitimately like like I laughed like out loud, like really hard, like when they were watching that show called I think it was called like FBI. And yeah. uh they're like they're just talking like actors and he's like oh yeah the guy driving there yeah he's a really nice guy i met his family he's really cool the other guy he's a dick <laughs> it's, just, it's just like that kind of like conversations that they were having um but yeah it was a great movie okay 
All right. Um, I I really like Tarantino. I've never seen that. Didn't see that movie because I've just not been in the mood to watch movies for a while. But it's on my like short list when I get the itch to go watch a movie. So, all right, let's move on from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and go to number ones. Before we go to number ones, we'll hear a word from our sponsor. Hey everybody, before we do our number one picks, we'd like to talk to you about that magical drink, the one that makes this podcast possible. That's right, we're talking about coffee. At a top three podcast, we are in way different time zones, and we record super late at night for the for most of us actually, and coffee is what makes it all tick. We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. Barbell Brew provides single-origin coffee beans that are air-roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and they're available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find pre-ground or whole bean coffee in several different varieties, or sign up for their Coffee of the Month program for a curated caffeination experience. We also have an exclusive deal for our listeners. 20% off your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's the promo code TOP3, that's the number three in there, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Barbell Brew also has a really cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where each month they donate a percent of their profits to a different charity. So follow them at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram and check our episode description for links to those pages and their website so you can get your coffee on. Support local coffee roasters and taste the difference. All right, back to those number ones. We're back. My number one is Gone Girl. My number one. That movie is so fucked up, dude. It's mm-hmm. incredibly fucked up. What what was Good more pick. fucked up? What was more fucked up for me too is I watched it like not that long after I got married. And just how the end of that movie goes, where like this woman is just pure evil like manipulative uh just a horrible person at the end uh ben affleck goes through all that shit and then he just like gets right back with her um and it's like just kind of like i don't know kind of shows how like love and marriage like kind of fucks with your brain a little bit and i saw that and like made that connection like seriously just a few months after i got married and i was like oh shit no, I think I like when I was watching, I think I actually yelled like, no, at the screen when he like got back with her and he, you can see in his eyes, he's like, God damn it. What am I doing here? But Dave was standing right behind you right now. Yeah, I know, man. She's got how many <laughs> knives is she holding? Can't it's see. not. It's a frying pan. Six. It's a frying pan. Yeah. So yeah, Gone Girl is my number one. Just, uh completely fucked up like the things that happen in the movie the way she manipulates people 
But then, yeah, the ending when he just gets back with her just really like shook me for a, for a little while after I watched it. Yeah, that movie's pretty intense. Um, when I was living in Cincinnati, my roommate and I we watched it, and we 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 I think it was just like on like HBO or something, and we started it, and like I don't know, forty five minutes in, we're like, okay, this is this is something, and then the one scene with Neil Patrick Harris, um, that we both looked at each other and like, um. What did we get ourselves into? And I, I mean, this is a, this is a really good compliment. We both pause. We paused the movie and um, like had to like collect our thoughts and like we like we went and peed or something um, together, sword fight. And like when you have to like talk about a scene to make sure you understand it. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, he just like, okay, I'll make mm-hmm. you sure. Like I fully get what's going on because I'm like super invested in how this ending. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the ending. Of course you don't like it. Who, who does, who likes the way that that ends up? Like it's not Aaron. probably. He, he, he thought oh, it was oh, a love I'm supposed story. to respond. Uh, I, I thought that movie was a really good coming of age uh, comedic romance movie. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. per, per, <laughs> per, personally, you know, I, I equate it to like American Pie 2. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I have you beat a little bit on that. Um, we watched it for the first time uh, le- uh, before we got married, but we watched it with my mom and dad. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yep, so we all decided to rent it, and we were over at their house, and we put it in, and we watched Gone Girl. Uh, my Jamie was like, that was super uncomfortable, and I was like, yeah, I know. Great movie, though. Good pick. I didn't really consider that one. Um, yeah. It was, as soon I, as Rat brought up this topic, it was the first movie that popped into my head. Like, oh, Gone Girl fucked me up for a few days. Yeah. I, I will say... And I'm not I'm not saying this in a bragging kind of way. I'm just being totally honest. Usually, when I watch a lot of um, mysteries or stuff with twists or, or things like that, I personally and again not bragging. I just I usually kind of figure out the gist of what's going on pretty early. I, it's pretty rare that I watch a movie and I'm like, oh, I totally didn't see that coming at all. Uh, Gone Girl is one of those where I was like, I I was so clueless as to what was going on until you get about halfway in and you. F- the big twist spoilers is that um, his wife is not dead. She's been, she's planned this entire thing out and she's very much alive and on the run. Yeah. Um, That definitely was like, that hooked me like hardcore. And I was like, Holy shit, this is really good. Um, And then, yeah, to see where the story goes after that point, it's very fucked up. And I do remember, you know, getting to the end of that movie, just being like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Bloodbath and Jamie watch that seven times a year. <laughs> On their wedding anniversary. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, yeah, man. With um, Bloodbath's parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's move I, I on from Gone Girl. Let's get Aaron's number one. All right. My number one is uh, another uh, 2002 horror film, uh, which is The Ring. 
Okay, so if I can explain this movie as clear as possible to our like uh, every week listeners, it is a movie Dave would not watch. Uh, I have seen it. Have seen it. Oh shit! For real? That yep. It was before. It was before. Uh, that was before I got broken um, from horror movies. I have seen Man. that. So what that movie broke you? House of Wax. <laughs> not legit that, not joking there's a scene where yeah, someone, I know gets, you're not. Uh, someone gets like their achilles tendon like cut with scissors and i was yeah. like oh nope i'm done no nope. forever no, never, never again, again. Yeah. never ah. again oh man that's 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 so funny dude okay so uh like i said earlier like i really pride myself on like movies not scaring me like 99 percent of every move of every horror film i've ever seen has not scared me um but the ring shook me to my absolute core when i saw it for the first time so uh i saw that movie uh, with my buddy Cody and a uh, friend of the show, uh, Arrington, when we were like 13 years old. It was like the first PG-13 movie we went and saw we turned 13. And uh, Arrington used to live in this big-ass house, uh, and he lived on the top floor, and the stairs up to the top floor were j- was just this long-ass, like, dark stairway. And so we get done watching the movie up at the Mayflower. We walk back to his house, and we're upstairs in his living room. We're like, hey, we should go into your room and play video games but to get to his room you had to walk past that long ass dark like stairway right and so Mm -hmm. we were just like ah no you know what we should do is just sit in here and not do anything because none of us want to walk past that dark scary uh (laughs) uh stairwell like so uh basically to run it down it's 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 a story about this investigative reporter who's uh trying to figure out how these people are dying uh the basic concept is there's this uh old vhs tape that's being passed around and if you watch it, uh, upon completion of watching the video, you receive a phone call that says you're going to die in seven days. And then seven days later, you die a horrific death. Um, and the movie is all about her trying to figure, like, the, 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 the film they show that these, that these characters watch in the movie, like, cut together, is the absolute most terrifying fucking 30 seconds of film ever made. Right? Like, when I watch it, like, and they show it, like, 12 or 13 times throughout the movie and every single time as she's like slowly like figuring out like you know what's going on and what's the story behind this video like every time you see it again it's like something new clicks as you're watching it and it is horrifically uncomfortable i I guess uh the best way to describe it there's this scene uh where the videotape at like the very end of the movie this the the tape starts playing like on this like old ass tv and the scene where this little girl comes out of this well and she like kind of walks towards the camera and you've seen it a couple times in this movie uh the last time you see it she walks towards the camera and she like walks out of the television and that that right there was one of the one scariest moments of my entire fucking life like you know so when i went you know i I didn't want to go like a whole bunch of horror movies because i think you know if you make a good horror movie like it's gonna shake me like no matter what but i was trying to think like the thing that like inspired the like the most amount of terror i've ever felt watching something uh and the ring is is the perfect example of that i've i remember showing it to my girlfriend in college and she did not like scary movies i was like ah it's not that scary and she she was mad at me for a long long time because i made her watch that movie um so i'm not going to talk anymore about it movie is absolutely fucking terrifying if you saw it and specifically if you saw it at that age 
probably like scared the fuck out of you. Also, uh, just a shout out to Naomi Watts. She's fucking brilliant. She does really, really, really good in like horror movies, uh, specifically. And she's the title character or the the title actress in that movie. And she's <laughs> ab- absolutely amazing. That's right. That's right, rap boy. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, as far as the movie that shook me the most after I saw it, a movie that still to this day when I think about it like still makes me like my skin crawl it's the ring number three number one and number three yeah absolutely that that the ring was like a like a monoculture event like everyone fucking saw that movie and talked about how scary it was like there was nothing ever like it before that it was crazy yeah it was uh man that bit about when she comes out of the TV at the end, that's like, because uh, you've been conditioned up until that point oh to be like, that n- to be nothing's like, going to uh, happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But so in your head, you're like, okay, it's the thing again. But fuck, the movie was like terrifying. I'm like pretty sure when I saw that, I, I think it's the only movie that's actually like made me audibly like scream like out loud like that that shit was so scary and just like it's creepy like throughout the whole fucking thing like how she notices that there's always like this fly like in certain scenes of that movie that or of the of the you know the vhs tape she's watching and like she's eventually able to just like pick the fly like off of the screen in like the her her like office or whatever and you're just like what in the holy mother of god is happening here uh so like like i said like you know again like movies don't scare me there's like two or three that really ever did and that was the the first one and i think out of all the movies that did do that to to me the best of them like you know just in terms of like the quality of the movie uh but yeah scared the absolute piss out of me and uh so that's why it's my number three and one nice um so i i 100% agree about the ring um it was a it was a terrifying movie. Is that still something that people are watching today, or is that I, like a? a I know, thing I, know it, I know, it's a, I know it's a series. I, I don't know when the last movie was made, but I know they made like two or like two or three movies after it. And it's it's I'm pretty sure it's based off of like a uh, like a foreign film called like Ringu or something like that. I don't remember where it's from, uh, but it's 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 based off of an old foreign like horror film as well. They just kind of like Americanized it, and it was, and you know I, I haven't seen that other one, but again, just sheer terror as you're watching this movie um there's a sequel ring two and i remember in high school going and seeing it in the theater with someone and um it was the dumbest movie i think i've ever seen it had nothing to do with the videotape anymore it still was Naomi watts and her son the videotape part of it was totally gone and not a thing anymore there was a big scene with like deers and bathtubs and it made not a bit of sense. It was not the least bit scary. It was the dumbest movie I think I've ever seen before. Uh, that being said, the original ring is uh, pretty scary. It's creepy. Uh, it's definitely like a movie of its time because like, you know, it obviously it's a VHS tape, which doesn't really exist anymore. And then um, like, I don't know, it was like before a YouTube haunted, and stuff like haunted that. Haunted Netflix account. Yeah, so like I mean, it's like inter- like if you did that movie today, it'd be like some like video off the dark web that people are sending to each other. So like, it's definitely yeah. like there's something like it definitely had to come out when it did, um, and be as creepy as it was. So I don't know. You can uh, 
you can thank the ring was a originally a Japanese movie and it was like the start. You remember like there was like a solid like five years of like American versions of Japanese horror films like The Grudge and shit like that. Yeah. There was yeah. like a wave of that during that time. Yep. So. Um, all right, let's move on from The Ring and get Alan's number one. Uh, my number one is uh, the 2005 movie Hostel, which I have not even seen nice. all of. Um, <laughs> that movie's only... so fucked. Dude, it's entirely fucked up. I, I watched um, up until I think the first death, I, I think it was probably 10 minutes into it. Um, they have this guy tied down to a chair and they like drilled holes in him. And so I've learned more about this movie just by reading the plot page on Wikipedia than I have watching the movie. Uh, because yeah. all I remember from the movie is them cutting this guy's Achilles and him Again. trying to stand up. What's and up, it what's just worked with all the Achilles cutting? Stop it, bro. Because it's, it's the worst. It's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's the worst kind of feeling you can get watching someone else be heard, I think. Um, but I, I haven't I I don't know anything. I haven't seen anything beyond that scene. You know, they drill holes in him and they cut his Achilles. And I assume that they kill him afterwards. I don't even know. Um, nah, man, he, he goes on to be like a tailor or something. This was like nice. This was like during the the torture porn era of like horror. Right. Film. Like Saw which and is, Hostel and all that stuff. Which, which is just entirely disturbing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I think I made it through like two and a half of the Saw movies and I was like, all right, this is enough. Like, I don't need to see people's bodies getting fucked up like this anymore. Oh, no, I 100% agree. I mean, if I if I want to watch a movie because I found out it's apparently a movie about rich people paying to kill people. And um, if I want to watch that movie, I'm going to watch what's it? Um, the most dangerous is it the most dangerous game where they hunt Ice Cube? I thought the short story. I didn't know they made a movie about the short story <laughs> with Ice Cube. Go on with Ice Cube. No, yeah. that is actually Triple uh, X State of the Union. Triple <laughs> <laughs> X is a fucked up movie. Um, Alan, good pick. I seriously considered throwing that on my list somewhere, but I just I thought of too many more that I felt were shot more shocking, and I wanted to put on the list. But ah, dude, good pick, man. I love that. Oh God, it just I I don't even want to. Uh, it just terrifies me thinking about uh, thinking about that one scene. Still to this day, gives me gives they, me fucking goosebumps. They, sh they show it. That's the yeah. fucking crazy. They show that shit, dude. And like, I, I, I will like, I, I've seen that whole movie too. Like, uh, to uh, copy off Bloodbath. That's actually like kind of a cool movie. And like, Hostel Two, I'm not fucking kidding. Is it all? Is also a good movie. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's good. I didn't see the third or the fourth one. Um, no, of course but, not. But uh, yeah, I, I loved, I loved that first Hostel movie, dude. I rented. Like it was when everybody was talking about it back in high school. Like it came out on DVD. I rented it. I watched it like 
twice in a row. I was I watched it till like four o'clock in the morning. And I was like, this movie is awesome. Like <laughs> and Jamie uh, watched and, that every weird, alternating. It gets <laughs> and Jamie watched it, it gets every so Christmas. Much, that movie gets so much worse, Alan. Like there's so many other horrible things. Christmas. That movie. I have I have no interest in it. Like I said, I I read the synopsis of it. And there was a picture of some lady that got her eye burned out. What the yeah. fuck is that? Oh, was that yeah. with, like with the blowtorch? Hitting, like, oh. hitting like two yeah. of the two of like the worst like body horror things, like Achilles cutting and eyeball stuff is. Ugh. It is yeah. not. I like it. The it's dude, the dude that does that though, like, is so obnoxious. Like the. <laughs> The dude, like, cause he, um, he meets him in the locker room and he's talking to him beforehand. And like, that dude is so obnoxious, like such an obnoxious, like irritating guy. He's like, all right, I'm going to go burn this woman's eye out of her socket. Like, (laughs) See you at lunch. Uh, All right. Let's, uh, let's move on from hostel and get bloodbaths. Number one. All right, guys. Full circle. We're going back to the uh, Asian cinema, Asian foreign cinema. Uh, my number one is the movie Old Boy. Oh, has dude, anyone cool. seen? Yeah, yeah seen dude. Has anyone Super seen f- Old Boy? Yeah, it's gross fucking movie. David, who, so who all has seen it? I'm sorry, I have. Okay. Yeah, I have too. I, I have not. Rat, Rat hasn't seen it either. All right, so no, sorry. Uh, uh, Korea, I, and I'm talking about the original Korean film, not the remake that they made a couple of years ago with right. uh, Spike Lee and Josh Brolin. So um, for the so spoilers, I, I can't really talk about the movie without like just giving the general synopsis. So Old Boy is about uh, uh, the main character. Uh, he's a raging alcoholic. You see him. He's sitting in a police station because he's gone out drinking and made a fool of himself he's just a real dirty degenerate like piece of shit alcoholic you know in the you know in the middle of a divorce doesn't have anything to do with his daughter so uh you see him out kind of being an idiot getting arrested then he wakes up the next morning and he's in a hotel he's in this hotel room doesn't know how he got there doesn't know where he is um tv works all all that stuff but the phone doesn't work Tries to leave the hotel room and he can't leave the hotel room. It's locked. And then he, you know, tries to call. Nobody answers. He does, so he's locked in this hotel room. Uh, and then they put uh, they put food under his door. They put some dumplings and like some other Chinese, uh, some other um, food. And he eats it and he still can't find out why he's trapped in this room. Anyway, basically he's in prison. He's in prison in this hotel room and he finds out he's not really even in a hotel he's just in this hotel room in this weird um hidden place um this goes on for day after day after day after day uh basically he's locked in this hotel room for 20 years uh he gets fed every day he gets to watch tv but he's he's not allowed to leave the room he doesn't know why he's there he doesn't know who put him there he like you watch him like completely like lose his mind and go insane then uh there's uh like the 20th 20th year or whatever and then um all this gas enters the room he he passes out wakes up out in the middle of uh it takes place in seoul south korea so he wakes up in the middle of you know like downtown korea he's his hair's been cut he he has like a nice suit on he's got like you know a pocket full of money and again has no idea what's happening 
So you follow him. He starts trying to find out who put him in this place for this all this time and everything like that. Um, you know, he's you know kind of driving himself crazy trying to find out why he was put in this place, who did it to him. Meets this girl. He starts this relationship with this girl. Blah 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 blah. He ends up finding the people who kept him trapped, not the person. Who, so he was trapped by this like group of people who like it's just some it's like this business they run they kidnap people it's like a gang or whatever uh he like goes and confronts them there's this like really badass like fight with a hammer yeah so like he confronts them and like he has this like badass like fight in the middle of the hallway with like 50 guys on one he uses a hammer which is special to me uh, after, you know, he beats everybody, he wins, and they eventually tell him, um, they give him the name of the guy who paid to have him in prison for 20 years. The guy actually shows up and confronts him, <clears throat> and he tells him, uh, if you can find out what my name is, and why I kept you in prison for 20 years, I will give you, I think, if I remember right, he's like, I'll give you like a million dollars and I'll kill myself. So the next section of the movie is him trying to find out like who this guy is and why he did this to him. So it goes on and he finds out that they he's a former classmate of his. And they went to this uh, prep school together when they were kids. And there, during this flashback, you find out that our main character stumbled upon the person who imprisoned him having uh, sex with his sister so he's having an incestual relationship with his sister and our main character ends up you know because they're kids i think they're like 12 or 13 he telling other about what he saw and this brings you know obviously this is you know gossip and it gets you know out of hand and the sister ends up committing suicide so this, so the villain has just heartless resentment towards the main character for years. So he devised this plan to have him imprisoned and blah 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 blah. So our main character seeks out the villain, and he has his like crazy penthouse. He goes into the, he goes up to him and he's just like, "Hey, you know, your name is so and so. I can't remember off the top of my head what his name is. Your name is so and so. You know, you're you did this to me because I knew about." X, Y, and Z, and he's like, yep, you got it, you're right. And he said his, so he tells him how he got his revenge was by abducting him, you know, kidnapping him, putting him in this prison for 20 years, and he arranged that the girl he's been seeing, the girl he's been sleeping with, um, that he's like, I made it so you two would meet each other and you guys would fall in love. And basically he reveals that that girl that he's been sleeping with is his own daughter, because he had a daughter at the beginning of the movie, he didn't see her for 20 years. He He's told that she was dead. And this guy devised a plan to where he ends up meeting his daughter out in the real world and sleeping with her. Main character freaks out. The villain kills himself. So he's just like stuck. Like, what do I do? I don't know what to do now. So our, so our protagonist, the only thing he can think of to make sure you know nobody ever hears about this, uh, the climax of the movie, he cuts his own tongue out with a pair of rusty scissors so that way he can never utter what he's done. Then you flash forward to a few months later and he's out in the wilderness in this snowy forest and he's meeting with 
Dave, I mean, like, I can't remember the movie 100%, but, like, basically he's meeting with this woman who's going to hypnotize him so he can't remember himself what happened. I don't and remember either. You don't really know how how it ends. You just see him walking off in the distance with the woman that is his daughter. And you don't know if he knows the secret, if you don't know if he if he got his mind erased or if he just lives with that knowledge of, like, that's who this person is or or what. You don't really know what happens to these people, but... uh that's the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. It's it's super fucked up, and it's a it is, really really good movie. It is pretty fucked up, but every time I after I watch the movie and every time I think about it, I want to eat dumplings. Because in the movie, when he's trying to figure out who abducted him, he's going around town and testing dumplings from all these restaurants to yeah. see if it's the one that he's been eating like for the past twenty years. So I'm just like, oh, I got to get me some, got to get some dumplings, some mandu. Um, the scene where he eats that squid is always insane to me. Yeah, the the squid. Um, that's one of the most famous ones. Uh, that squid is really good. Uh, if you if anyone comes to Korea, we will go have some. But they cut it up first. You don't just like eat it whole. Um, is yeah, it alive? Always, yeah. Well, it's they cut it up and like the nerves are still firing, so like it's still moving, but it's not still alive. Um. But anyway, um, Old Boy is really good. It's a good pick. Um, and the rest of, because that's part of a trilogy of movies called like the Revenge Trilogy or something by the same director. Yeah. And the other movies are also really, really good. Um, uh, something Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And I forget the first one, something about Mr. Vengeance or something like that. They're, they're Old Boy. They're all good. Old Boy, I know, is also based on a comic book like a graphic novel. Um, and then sense. all those movies that direct, I can't think of the director's name, but like you said Parasite at the beginning of this list, dude, like Parasite, I'm pretty sure the people that made Parasite made it because they were like, in, because they were like fans of uh, the revenge trilogy and they wanted to make something similar to that. Perhaps. I'm not sure. Um, not sure about that, but the, uh, the guy who did the, the revenge trilogy, including old boy, those are, those are good movies too. So, Let's uh let's move on from old boy and get rats number one. Okay, and just so you guys know, I had bar brew, barbell brew coffee today. And it was delicious. <laughs> Hell yeah. So it's awesome, um, right? Thank yeah. you, thank you to those. Um, it's crazy. We went to high school together, and we're out here. We're out here killing it. So. Um, living, living our oh, best and life. Yeah, Dave. At the top three live show in Korea, we will eat squid together. Yes. <laughs> top, yeah. top three live is a very funny idea. Top, uh, my number one um, is from 2018, and Dave actually had mentioned it at the beginning, and that is Avenger, the Avengers: Infinity War. And here is why: okay. <laughs> I went and saw that movie. I went, I went and saw that movie, and again. I kind of knew, like, okay, obviously something's going to happen. I didn't expect half of the Avengers to die and turn into smoke and go away. And I watched, I went to the movies. I was at work and I, I, at the time I was working at a college and I was, um, I was at a career fair and I'm going home. Um, my wife, she wasn't home, so I'm like, I'm just going to go to the movie. Just, like, I'm going to try to go. I get the last ticket. 
um, to this showing and I'm sitting next to a bunch of stone teenagers and I, I walk by, I do fist bumps to all of them. I'm like, you boys ready for this? And they're like, let's do this. <laughs> and, during, and during the final scene when Thanos wins and it just comes up as like directed by, um, directed by, um, who was, who directed that movie? Was it the, um, Blood, Bloodbath did. Blood Even Spielberg. Oh, the, Ru- the, the Russo, Russo brothers. brothers. Yeah, the Russo brothers. It was silent in the movie theater. Everyone had the Pikachu meme face of just like, wait. <laughs> and one of the kids, and one of the kids sitting next to me goes, it was, it was kind of funny. He goes, wait, he won, and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I was like what the hell just happened? And I, you guys all know, I don't stay up very late. I was up to two 30 in the morning. I couldn't sleep because I was thinking of this movie of just how, like the only thing I can think of is if I was alive, like in the eighties and like, you know, actually alive. It's the equivalent of, um, Darth Vader, like, saying like i am not he didn't say i'm your father wait no i am or whatever yeah but that type of like reaction of just like yo what the f just happened um to me when we came up with this topic it's it's immediately what i thought of because i was like yo like this changed everything and then i don't know so that that's that's my number one that's a good pick and i just want to say before we get into talking about the movie this is like the ultimate movie where people would get mad at you for spoiling so it's just super awesome to just talk about it and not give a fuck about spoiling it anymore like yeah Mm -hmm. just when you said like oh yeah at the end when thanos wins i had this like in my body my body is so conditioned to be like don't spoil but fuck that we're spoiling shit dude that was uh that was great i'm so glad i got to watch that movie completely unspoiled um mm-hmm. when like when spider-man dies like because all the other avengers yeah. they're like, like adults and shit they've been like the, they get like the shit beat out of them all the time like who gives a fuck about like what happens to the hulk or whatever but like yeah. when spider-man no. died i was like oh fuck like not not spider-man he's such a happy-go-lucky jokey dude like god damn it yeah no i legit cried when he died why he died because the way they did it was just like this um because he's a teenager and yeah he it's like this kind of like primal like he thinks he did something wrong kind of thing it was like it's like oh gosh yeah no that's it oh that, man it was such in a that moment movie. when in that moment like peter parker is so like scared and he's looking up to like tony stark as his like yeah his like father dad. figure he's like yeah dad help like that kind of feeling yeah. is fucked up yeah and, and it's just um, so so refreshing to have a superhero movie i understand like shit like this has been happening in the comics forever but like the villain never wins in superhero movies and to have right. that happen was so cool yeah and um I get, I think it was Kevin Feige. He said that, or maybe it was the Russo brothers. But when Groot died, um, 
Yeah. He, he, because he says like, I think he just says like Groot, but what he was actually saying was like Rocket, like help me or something like, like really, um, like heart, like super heartbreaking. And I know, I know Aaron, I know you're not a huge, um, like Marvel person or superhero people, but like when you, because that was like 10 years of all those movies leading up to like that moment. Yeah. And when it like happened and you're like still shocked because, you know, you're thinking the whole time you're, you're programmed to go, Oh, they're going to, they're going to figure this out and they're going to beat them. And they're going to come up. There's like the next movie is going to be like, like, but like, like, Thanos got hurt, but he's still alive. You know, you don't think he's actually going to win. And then he does. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. They did it. You know what I mean? So, um, but everything was made right in uh, Endgame. So that's okay. Well, one thing I do want to say really quickly that you mentioned is how like you were like live in the audience with a bunch of people who were all also like super into it. And that's like one really like aspect of like, you know, filmmaking that or film watching that we like haven't really hit on is like it has I feel like it's much more impactful, like in a movie theater surrounded by people who are also into this like same idea and are feeling like the same exact things you are feeling like, you know, there, there is something to be said about being in a movie theater and just being like absolutely shocked. Like for the first, it, it, like, it, it, to, to me, it would be like, like, you know, as you're watching lost, you just every, you just watch it with your friends. Cause mm-hmm. like you want to be around your friends. You want to be around people who like are, are really into what's going on here. That's just one thing we haven't really talked about. And like, you know, you definitely said like the one movie on this list that is the most like, you know, theater experience-esque, like, kind of movie, too. So that's just, like, one thing that, like, we didn't hit on that I think is, like, actually, like, kind of important. Yeah. Good yeah. call. Alan and Bloodbath, did you, are you guys, did you guys see that movie? I actually, I didn't see it until probably about a, a year or a year and a half ago. They put it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, had, I hadn't seen any other superhero movies before that. Like, not... <laughs> <laughs> not a one since i saw the incredible hulk in like 2002 when it was edward norton and it was so bad uh, i fell asleep in theaters um, yeah and it, it was awful he it, wrote that did he i mean it was garbage um but so i hadn't seen a superhero movie since then and i watched i watched infinity wars and it was and i had no idea about any of it but it was so good Mm-hmm. Um, that I watched, I watched the other ones as well, but yeah, the end of it, I, I already knew because it was, you know, 2020. And I think that came out it, a, a long time ago. I assume 2018, yeah. Yeah. the memes spoiled oh. it for me too, dude. Right. I mean, I think that by that point, everybody had heard. <laughs> I put Thanos the story and... together through the memes. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's, that is the modern experience. But yeah, yeah. great flick. I uh I agree. I I I wasn't super shocked about how it ended because I I remember hearing from the get-go that it was going to be two movies, so I figured like the first half they, you know, it was, you know, left where they lost, and I knew that um Doctor Strange has like, you know, time power, so I'm like, well, they're just going to get I'm like it's going to be like they're going to lose and they're going to have to go back in time. So I wasn't super shocked by that, but I remember I sat in the theater and the movie started and I 
you know, just the way it starts where you're, you're on that ship and everyone's just been beaten and Thor's been like, you know, almost near death and stuff like that. Uh, like I was shocked by that. I was like, Oh wow, man, this is really, really good. And so even though I kind of knew more or less how the movie was going to go, I, I definitely feel as Aaron was saying, like the experience of watching it in the theater with everybody else, I was like, Oh wow, this is really powerful. And I remember him you know, thinking about it for the next couple of days, thinking about the characters and everything that happened and stuff like that. So it was great. Yeah. And I also like Alan, um, I, I have all the, I'm not super huge on the Marvel stuff. Um, me and Jamie always say we're going to go through and watch all of, we have Disney plus so we're like, let's watch all of them from the beginning. Like literally I have only ever watched like the basic Avenger movie. Like I've watched all the Avenger movies and then, uh, Ant-Man, Thor Ragnarok and Captain America civil war. Like I haven't watched any of the other ones. I've not, I haven't seen any of the Iron Man. Um, None of the other Thor movies. Uh, I haven't watched the new Spider-Man movies. Like I've just seen like those, basically just the Avenger movies, and they're great, and uh, they're they're totally awesome. And I suggest that uh, I, yeah, there's definitely a lot of hype around them, and I I think if it's it's weird it's weird to me that in since you know the last like ten years, like one of the biggest pop culture things has been like superheroes. Um, I really didn't see that coming, so I don't know. Infinity War was really good, and it was very satisfying. In Endgame, like five minutes into the movie, they just fucking cut Thanos' head off. Mm-hmm. Very satisfying. Yeah, dude, I will definitely, I will definitely say I waited till I actually just watched Endgame a couple months ago for the first time. I just was sitting at home one day uh, before work and decided to turn it on because I hadn't, I didn't know how it ended or you know what what was going to happen and i i had thought in my head i was like oh they're going to do this they're going to do that they're going to go back in time and do all this stuff and i will be honest like i watched the movie and i did not see anything unfolding the way that it did so i was like this is you know that was shocking to me because i figured they were going to make it real like cookie cutter like okay cool here's how we're going to do it blah 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 and i so i was i was very and i enjoyed it very much i was surprised those movies are really well made, even if you're not super into superheroes. Like before the MCU, like I don't really think I mean, I personally didn't give a shit about Iron Man or Thor or like the Avengers, no. really. Like mm-hmm. Captain America was like a it was a, a comic book hero and I didn't read comics, so I didn't really care about them. But they did a really good job with that whole basically the whole uh, like phase of the MCU. From what it sounds like to me, like, I'm kind of like what Alan was saying earlier. Like, I watched, like, two or three really shitty superhero movies, like, when I was, like, in my early teens. And I just, like, kind of held on to the impression that, like, oh, the the rest of these probably suck. Because I also saw, like, those old Hulk movies and Superman movies and shit like that. And like, you know, not not like you're you're right. I bloodbath. Like, I had no idea that this like thing was going to turn like the the fact that superhero like shit is like the most popular shit in the entire world, like in movies is absolutely insane to me. I, I won't talk about it anymore, but like I will say well, there was a string of shitty ones when we were younger that kind of like gave me the impression like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so. super. But superheroes have always been huge. It's just like, yeah, I think in my opinion, if we were to like list the best superhero movies. I think the MCU would dominate that list. They're just really good, well-made movies. Like they, they destroy any old superhero movie I've seen besides maybe the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. 
Correct. everything else. The MCU just destroys all these old superhero movies, in my opinion. But that's a different topic. Um, mm -hmm. We need to move into, I like to say something controversial that probably pissed Bloodbath off. And then I'm going to move us into honorable mentions so he can't respond. <laughs> uh, so we need to uh, we need to move into honorable mentions. And we're going to go lightning round through our honorable mentions. My, what would you say that pissed me off? Eddie? That uh, the MCU uh, destroys like every other superhero movie. Oh. And you probably love like the Adam West Batman or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're All good. Right. You're good. So my honorable mention is train spotting. And mostly just because uh, there's a scene where they, yeah. they go on a fucking like bender and uh, they just neglect their baby and it dies and they show they show it and it's been dead for a long time. And that like I was like, oh, fuck. And I thought about that for a long time. So that's my honorable mention. Train spotting. Um, Aaron, what's yours? All right. My honorable mention is another Stanley Kubrick movie. It's a clockwork orange. Uh, there is a lot of really, really fucked up shit that goes on in that movie. Uh like three or four of the most uncomfortable movie scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't really like the movie, but like it did shake me like pretty hard. So Clockwork Orange. Okay. Alan, what's yours? Uh, my number or my honorable mention is The Fly. Um, <laughs> just, no, that movie was fucked one. up, dude. That movie was dude, good. This, one. this movie mm -hmm. is really fucked good up. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, Jeff Goldblum is a scientist who spoiler alert turns into a fly um <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're hired <laughs> um all right bloodbath what's your honorable mention all right this is just for aaron S see if he'll pick up on the movie <laughs> uh daddy who needs to fuck yeah dude that was the uh that was that uh scooby-doo movie uh that they made with all the live action people. Yeah, I remember that. I shook you. Yeah, I legit have no idea what he's fucking talking. Oh, about. Uh, Blue Velvet. Oh shit! That movie was so, that movie was fucking so weird, dude. It didn't shake me. I just when I was watching, I was like, "Did I like that? I think I liked that." No, I didn't really like that. What I will say is, I want to talk about this real quick. Twin Peaks is awesome. Uh, Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet might not be um, super shocking, but I do feel the the infamous like middle of that movie where there's the scene that everyone talks about an awful lot. Um, that movie, I remember watching that for the first time, like 25, 26 years old, and um, there's no nudity in it, but like it's a act of sexual violence that's consensual. But uh, I just remember watching it being like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up for the actors to do. I don't understand what's going on right now. And I just, I feel weird now watching these people do this. I felt weird for the actors. Ev so everything he makes, everything he makes is like that. I know. All right. Uh, and Rat, what's your honorable mention? Uh, get Out and Joker. Uh, get Out. Yeah. Nice. And Watching Get Out and just being like, God damn it, white people are really like that, aren't we? Yeah. God damn it. Get Out was so crazy. <laughs> Good movie. Good movie. Um, all right, let's move into our on, our listener responses. We had uh, lots of listener responses, uh, so let's get into them. All right, our first listener response is from Matthew. His number three is American Psycho. Number two, Hereditary. 
Number one, Uncut Gems, which when we Ooh, did our top one. three, top three Adam Sandler movie episodes, I talked about Uncut Gems. That movie, uh, that movie got me too. I thought it was going to be on your list, dude. I was waiting to hear that. Same. It 100% was, thought it was, you were going to talk about it, it again. It was my honorable mention until I remembered the dead baby in Train Spotting. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right. Uh, next up, we have Christopher. His number three is Primer. His number two is Primal Fear. And his number one is Session Nine. Primal Fear was fucked up. Uh, next up, we have Susan, whose number three was Joker. Number two was Parasite. And number one was Killing of the Sacred Deer. Never heard of that last one. All right. Next up, we have The Rat Mother. Ooh, I would Patrick. Is, is Patrick's mom. She left her number three blank, so I'm going to assume that she felt the movie Speed was very shocking. <laughs> her number two is also left blank, and I really feel that um, Ghostbusters 2 uh, after feeling a little unsettled. And her number one is The Sixth Sense. <laughs> nice, think, bloodbath, well played, sir. Nicely done, man. I think with Thank The you. Sixth Sense, if uh, if all of us like watched <laughs> it at the time, I think we probably would have got would have been shook by it. But like that movie got spoiled for me long before I would have ever considered watching it. No, no, I saw it in theaters. The movie shook the fuck out of me. All right, yeah, the movie's scary. Um, Nadia, um, her number three is Slumdog Millionaire. Her number two is My Dog Skip. That is, <laughs> that I can't watch that movie. Um, Frankie Muniz. And number one, and yeah, and number one is Band of Brothers. So obviously Nadia didn't pay attention to movies and TV <laughs> show. She never. She meant was. Saving Private Ryan. That's what she she meant. Saving um, Private Ryan. Dude. Hold on. So we. Uh, for the listeners who didn't are not from Troy, Ohio, we all went to school together. And so do you guys remember at the end of one of the school years eighth in grade. junior high, in eighth grade, like the day before school let out for the summer, we all watched no, My the, Dog the Skip together. Yep. Yeah. Yep, they made the us watch day. that, dude. What the fuck kind yeah. of movie is that to watch on the last <laughs> day of school before summer vacation? I did. Yeah. I... I agree with you. I purposely fell asleep on my desk because I knew what, how that movie was going to end. And I didn't like, want to cry in front of people. <laughs> hey, everybody. School's letting out for the summer. This is the best day of your entire life. Uh, how about you watch a dog die and then think about that all summer? Enjoy. Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, I can't right. cry in front of the janitor. <laughs> uh, next up is Thrizzy. Number three, Shutter Island. Number two, Hereditary again. And number one, The Social Dilemma. That fucked a lot of people up. That like fucking social like uh, documentary. Mm -hmm. That fucked a lot of people up, dude. All right. Uh, next up, we have Jess. Her number three is Requiem for a Dream. Her number two is Get Out. And her number one was Inception. Uh, Honor mentioned The Truman Show. Yeah, that movie was shake-worthy. If you start thinking about the Truman Show too much, you'll uh, you'll start you'll you'll, get <laughs> you'll be like, oh no, I'm a Truman Show. Yeah. Next up is Alexandra, whose number three was the Social Dilemma. Number two was Jennifer's Body, and number one was Fight Club. 
I still have never seen Fight Club, but I did read the book like two years ago, and I managed to not be spoiled on Fight Club until then. Because that stupid ass meme where people are like, oh, you can't talk about Fight Club. Like, fucking talk about it. It's a book. It's a movie. Get over it. <laughs> anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah, Dave put down the knife. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we got Mo. Number three, Pixar's Soul. I haven't seen that one yet. Number two, Joker. He just put Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, number one, Promising Young Woman. I've heard that's a pretty uh, intense movie. Pixar Soul was a good movie. I'll never watch it again, but it 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 got me pretty good. Um, Heather, I don't know how to say this word. I'm sorry, I can't read. Charade. What is this? Charade. Oh, okay. I've never seen charade spelled out before. But is this Hepburn? Oh, like Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. Okay. No, Catherine Hepburn. Heather. You idiot. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Number two is My Fair Lady. Okay, and then number one is Just Mercy. <laughs> That's the most rat boy response. Somebody <laughs> saying something. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. Uh, next up, we have Jake. His number three is Gummo. Never heard of that. Number two, Kids. I know. All about the movie Kids. I'll never watch it. I know too much. And number one, Requiem for a Dream. Uh, Gummo is a really fucking odd, disturbing movie that takes place in Xenia, Ohio. Yeah, Poindexter so. made me watch it with him one time. He's like, oh, this is a really great movie, and it was the... Dave, you'll love it. All right, next up we have Chris. <laughs> we have Chris. His number three is Child's Play. Number two is The Fall. His number one, Requiem. Hey, just while we're at it, that that point where he sticks the heroin needle into his dying rotted arm is something that will play over and over in my dreams for the rest of my life next up we have sarah bush whose number three is inside out number two is the departed and number one is nightcrawler Nightcrawler. I think movie. the Departed. Nightcrawler is awesome, and I didn't even think about the Departed. That movie did have a really crazy fucking ending. I've heard Sarah. Nightcrawlers. Heard Nightcrawlers fucked up. Sarah, I am disappointed in your number three. Number two was gonna make my list for the longest time. I decided at the very last minute not to throw it on there. Like good call on the Departed. Number one was also gonna make my list with Nightcrawler. Like Sarah, you and I are in sync here. Sarah, I want you yeah. to remember uh, what Bloodbath said about your number three. And the next time you're on the show, I want you to come in as hot as you did against me against Bloodbath. <laughs> That's fine. You I know, can handle it. He'll cry. I pro- Sarah, I promise you'll cry. Aaron, Sarah doesn't have uh, Sarah doesn't have 15 years of animosity towards Bloodbath to let <laughs> oh, out man. at the beginning he's, of the podcast. He's so, yeah, you're right. He's so lovable. All right. That's going to do it for our listener responses. Thank you, everybody who uh, wrote in. If you would like to have your top three featured on the show, keep uh, keep your eyes out on our social media pages. Uh, We're going to begin putting out our listener calls a little bit earlier than uh, than we used to. So about a week in advance, uh, we'll put out the listener calls. So keep your eyes on a top three podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. 
that's going to do it for us in this episode. Good job, everybody. Um, yeah. All right. So again, if you want to support the show, please, please tell your friends, um, you know, be aggressive if you have to tell people about a top three podcast and uh, we'll see you next time with what's coming up next. Uh, Top three cookout foods is coming up next week. So until then, see you later. Potato salad. Hell yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. See you guys. Rat, you want to? Uh, Rat, you want to record a thing about uh, the Rat Hour? I forgot. No, I don't want anybody to listen to the show anymore. All right. I just want to see everybody <laughs> just nice. Okay. We gotta go. We gotta go. I'll tell you what. We went. We were supposed to go to the hospital on Friday afternoon, and they called us and they said, hey, there's too many people having babies in front of you. You have to wait. <laughs> so Saturday we got up, and they were like, yeah, you still got to wait. Saturday, This bitch been in labor for 14 hours. She would start having <laughs> contractions on Saturday, but they were, s- they were maybe like 20 minutes apart. Sunday, they were like, yeah, you still got to wait. We get into Sunday and they start getting to be about like 15, 10, 15 minutes apart. And she's in like pretty decent pain. So by about six o'clock, we go to the hospital. They give us a room. They uh, give her her spinal. You know, they break her water and all that kind of stuff. And then Aaron, can you eat louder into the microphone? (laughs) I was just going to say, like, he's trying, right? This is like. This is so the world's the world's worst <laughs> ASMR happening right now. I've been on here for a minute and I have eaten twelve chicken nuggets. Like I'll, I'll mute it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like at so, the same time, right? <laughs>